0: what is up my crew this is the Nook podcast and my name is Stephen Murphy my hope is that you have some time today to listen without interruption I might even suggest that if you don't have that time now that you wait until you do listen to these words and depictions with a renewed sensitivity I pray that you allow the gravity of all that this day means to sink deep into your hearts as we ponder together what Jesus suffered for you and me. Today is Good Friday. I remember when I was a kid. And the more that I began to understand what Easter was really about, the less I could grasp why we referred to the day that Jesus was crucified as a good day. I'm a little older now, and as I have said a couple of times this week, we have the advantage of looking back at Jesus' life through the lens of history. And while he did suffer many terrible things that fateful day, We now know that it was all for our good. Jesus had so much to contend with once he arrived back in Jerusalem. The religious authorities seemed to question his every move. No matter what he did, they were constantly looking for an opportunity to arrest him. Jesus could see full well that these keepers of the religious law knew what was written in the ancient scriptures, forwards and backwards, but their more current-day behavior had become completely insufferable, most notably the fact that they couldn't recognize that he was the Messiah that was promised in the ancient text. At one point, Jesus refers to these men as whitewashed tombs saying that outwardly they looked like righteous people, but inwardly their hearts were filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. In those last few days, Jesus' teaching took on a whole different tone, as if to prepare his disciples and other followers for life without his physical presence. He knew that the timeline was coming to an end. At this point, only a handful of events needed to play out before Jesus' ultimate destiny would come to fruition. One of his own would sell him out. Another, after insisting that he would never deny knowing him, did so three times. A long, agonizing night of praying so hard that he would finally utter the words, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then his betrayer would arrive along with men armed with swords and clubs to arrest him. In the middle of the melee, Jesus reminds everyone that this was all happening according to the timeline. And even after all that the disciples had learned in what Jesus taught had seen the amazing things he had done and heard him say that all of this had to happen, they still weren't ready, and they all deserted him and ran. Jesus was taken away, completely alone. Religious leaders had to conspire with Roman officials and eventually cause a riot in the streets. And the mob roared for his death. him! him! Jesus was stripped, spit on, and flogged with a whip. Then the Roman soldiers mocked him after dressing him in a red robe and a crown made of thorns. After ridiculing him relentlessly, they led him away to be crucified. After they had nailed him to the cross the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there a sign was fastened above jesus head announcing the charge against him it read this is jesus the king of the jews the crowd mocked him the priests and pharisees mocked him. The soldiers mocked him. Even the sign over his head mocked him. But he said nothing. He knew that this was all a part of the timeline. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land for several hours until Jesus called out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The timeline was in its final moments, the weight of all humanity's sin and darkness affixed on his shoulders. So beaten and bruised, that his face was hardly recognizable. Then he shouted again, It is finished, and released his spirit. that night, a man who had recently become a follower of Jesus asked if he might have Jesus' body for burial. His request was granted, and he wrapped the body in linen cloth and placed it in a new tomb. He rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. The physical agony had taken its toll. But for Jesus, the even greater agony came in the form of separation from his Father. With his own full consent, Jesus suffered unthinkable punishment and an unfathomable death. So perhaps you arrive here in this moment like I did as a child and many times since then, asking, So what's so good about Friday? the answer is the same as it is for any of your darkest days, Jesus. The only way that he could serve as a ransom for you and me was to be good. He led a perfect life, taught a perfect plan, and though he endured the most brutal trial and execution that hell could muster, He did it all willingly so that we might never be separated from the love of God. Once again, I find myself wondering about the disciples in those final moments. No matter how much Jesus had tried to prepare them for what they were witnessing, it had to look like a bad dream. I picture them that evening, gobsmacked with all they had seen that day. No words could possibly convey the feelings of loss and sadness, replaying so many scenes in their heads from the last three years. What was it he said? Two days? Maybe three? Three? hiding in the shadows, wondering if the authorities were coming for them next, and having no idea what to do now. For those of us who follow Christ, this may be the most difficult sequence of events to ever consider. There is no simple way to conclude an episode like this, so I will just say thank you for listening and leave you with words from Ephesians chapter 3. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God.